Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahle Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Nikaq de Masno, Duke Dilka Marham, Nikaq de Masno, Duke Dilka Marham, Ye Farma Gay, Herasule Mokaram, Ye Farma Gay, Herasule Mokaram, Ye Shadi, Herbeshak, Mohabbat Kazina. ये शादी है बेशक मोहब्बत का जीना बाहरों की आमद सबा का तरन्नुम बाहरों की आमद सबा का तरन्नुम निकाक दे मसनो दुखे दिल का मरहम ये फरमा गए है रसूले मुकर्रम Seven minutes after 11 South African time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahalan wa sahalan wa marhaban bikum. It's a beautiful brr. Wednesday morning. Haji Suleiman Esop is right. It's brr. The weather is just overcast. It's cold. It's a bit windy. And I got a very strong feeling the rain is just about to come. Yes. My beloved, wonderful listeners of uh, Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah. Wal Jama'ah. And I want to welcome the listeners of uh, Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and company. On this, mashallah, Wednesday morning. Well, today is the 11th of Rabi'ul Awal, 1445. Tonight, inshallah, will be the birth of our beloved Nabi Kareem Muhammad Mustafa. Tonight, the 12th of Rabi'ul Awal, tonight after Maghrib, inshallah. Of course, which is today the 27th of September 2023. Where are my beloved, wonderful listeners before I cross over to Fadilatul Ustad, Hazrat Mulana, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein, Hafidahullah. I see Haji Suleiman Esop, you dressing as if it's. He say, Mulana, Nika, hey, Akade, Yeshade, hey, Purr. I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what this guy is saying. <laughs> <clears throat> well, remember our WhatsApp number is 084786-3132. International overseas listeners, plus 2784-786-3132. There we go, all our listeners, mashallah. Sister Khairun Daya from Marlborough. I see Port Elizabeth listeners are with me this beautiful Wednesday morning. Ustad, where is Ustad this morning? Ustad is in Umslanga. Welcome to the bliss of marriage, Ustad. Assalamu alaikum. Warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam. Warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Barakallahu fikum. Arafat and our Suleiman Mota. Jazakallahu khairan. Ustad, before we pose our first question to you, your program for this afternoon, for this evening, your rundown, Ustad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihi al-kareem amma ba'd. All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Today is the 11th of Rabi'ul Awal, 1445, and tonight will be the 12th of Rabi'ul Awal, and we will discuss about the auspicious birth of the Master Habibuna, what happened before that, what happened after that, in Avondale Musalla, which is run by the capital group, Haji Muhammad Ikhlas and company. So Isha Salat is 7.30, and Insha'Allah Aziz, after that the program will start, Insha'Allah Aziz, with the grace and mercy of Almighty Allah. Tafsir, all that will continue as normal, between 1 and 2, today Insha'Allah Aziz. 
Ustad is a muallima, there's a teacher, and at the same time she says that she's a student of Deen, and they're only married for three and a half years. But she says that Muftisab, it's affecting my marriage, it's affecting my heart, it's affecting my feelings. My husband is away 90% of the time on business. How do I carry this marriage forward? Anonymous muallima, student of Deen, Ustad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirrabbilalameen. Yes, we are here in Umslanda, and it's a magnificent, beautiful day here in Durban. And you can see the ocean is calm. You see the waves. You can hear the birds chirping, the sound of the waves. So it's a wonderful, wonderful day here in Durban. And when you compare it with Cape Town, I'm seeing people sending me messages that the dolphins and the fish and that are having so many problems there in Cape Town. Because of the inclement weather, so wherever you are, always beg Almighty Allah for afiyah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka al-afwa wal-afiyah. Oh, beloved Allah, we beg of thee forgiveness and afiyah, safety, comfort, goodness. Fiddini wa dunya wal-akhirah regarding our dini, our religious matters and our worldly affairs and wal-akhirah regarding the year after so, inshallah, Allah will protect us through His grace and mercy at all times, all places. Okay, to you, Apa Mu'allima. Now, when the proposal came four years ago, three and a half years ago, so I'm sure you or your father and family made some investigation. This person, let's call him the businessman. Did he start doing all this now after you got married? Or was this happening before? The way I understand it, it must have been happening before. That is going to China and is going here and there and so forth, import, export and wherever else, Allah alone knows. So then you can't do much because you knew about all this. And if he started it now more and more because he has his wife, he has a child, children from you, and he says, no, there is somebody at home looking after all my assets and what have you. So obviously this is not husband-wife relationship. I mentioned to you and cite to you two verses. Quran Sharif teaches us Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 19. It's compulsory upon you, the husbands, you must treat your wife with ma'roof, with love, with respect, with justice, and not treat her shabbily and just take her for granted and so forth. That is unacceptable, remember that. If you are away, let's say she's saying 90%, okay, that's exaggeration. Let's say 60%, 70% of the time you're away. So that's not right. I mean, what good is it? You are making millions, but your wife, children are not there with you. Almighty Allah speaks of this very issue in chapter 2, Surah Baqarah, verse 187. The day the wives, they are your garments, and you, the husband, you are their clothing, meaning how your clothing is attached to your body, and you cover your body, you enhance your image, and so forth. A husband and wife have to be near one another. They have to embrace one another. They have to be partners in duk and suk, in prosperity and in adversity. Now, if you 60, 70%, more than half the time, two-thirds of the time, you're missing. So that will not be a healthy marriage. You will just sour the relationship. So you, sister, you must have a heart-to-heart talk with him when you're alone with him and is in a good mood. Mokai shanasi, mardam shanasi. Mokai Shanasi, you must see the right opportune moment and time to speak to him. And you must speak to him with love and respect. He is your husband. He is the Amir of the house and the leader of the house. And don't start swearing and all that, that, yeah, you are doing this and doing, and then you start being, taking his parents' name and so forth. So you can resolve this. He has to give more time to you and spend more quality time with you and the children. And that is not some mustahab or desirability. It is something which is compulsory and mandatory upon him. I see uh, the, the, uh, the Mu'allima says, Ustad, that there's, uh, he says that there's no need for you to know where I go to for my business. Ustad. So maybe he's doing other kind of business. You know, I'm here by the beach. Sometimes people tell their wives they're going fishing, you know, but sometimes <laughs> they go too late fishing, you know. So you must remember these type of things there. So that is very bad. You must remember the way you are speaking now, Mu'allima. It seems that your hubby, we can't accuse anybody without evidence and proof. 
but superficially the prima facie evidence is showing dal me kuch kala hai. You know dal me kuch kala hai. That means there's no smoke without fire. There's something happening. There's something cooking. You understood? So you have to get now your family involved, your father, mother, get some or senior ulama and people involved. Hamara kam to jodna hai, We don't want to break the marriage. We want to save the marriage. And he can't be just going in and out and be like, a, you know, a person who's paying there boarding and lodging and now he's just a boarder in your house he comes there leaves there and he's not interested in telling you where he's going if something Allah forbid, happens to you to your child children then who do you contact you don't know whether he is in south africa whether he's overseas whether he's by another lady yeah we're not accusing him but the thought will definitely come to your mind that what in what way is he because he's telling you fly a kite i won't tell you where i'm going so I mean, now this opens the whole can of worms, you must remember, and that is not conducive for a healthy marital life. So remember that that is not permissible Islamic thing. Ustad, let's, uh, uh, let's uh, understand this question here. Anonymous Rivet sister, please explain if a trust in Islam is permissible. My husband left all his assets in a trust and stated that all his children should get equal shares and me, the wife, only one-eighth of cash he had. I have three sons, and he had two daughters from his previous marriage. His family is saying it's permissible because he created the trust in his lifetime. Ustad, a revered sister. Sister, Jazakallah khair. Allah ta'ala keep you steadfast on Iman and Islam, my sister. Always read chapter 3, surah 3, surah al-Imran, and that in verse 8, surah al-Imran, chapter 3, verse 8. رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِيخْ خُلُوبَنَا بَعْدَ اِتْهَلِيْتَنَا وَهَبْ لَنَا مِلَّدُنْكَ رَحْمَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْوَحَّابِ Oh, beloved Allah, do not let our hearts get deviated. After you gave us hidayat, nur, radiance, effulgence, iman, islam, وَهَبْ لَنَا مِلَّدُنْكَ رَحْمَا Oh, Almighty Allah, grant us from your side a special mercy to envelop us. إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْوَحَّابِ Verily, O Almighty Allah, you are the best of givers. So remember that, that is abundantly you should read, so my sister. Number two, we have to remain steadfast on Iman, Islam, and die with it and leave this world with perfect Iman and Islam. Surah 12, Surah Yusuf, chapter 12, verse 101. تَوَفَّنِي مُسْلِمًا وَأَلْحِقْنِي بِالصَّالِحِينَ Oh, beloved Allah, let me pass away with Iman and Islam and unite me with the devout and pious servants. When your husband passes away or he passed away, then remember this, that first will be burial funeral expenses from the, his estate. If somebody else wants to pay, that's fine. Second, all his debts must be paid. His personal debts, his business corporate debts, all must be paid immediately to the creditors. Third is wasiya. Wasiya is for the beneficiaries. None is. And remember, maximum amount is one-third of the net estate. And then fourth will be the shares of the A's. Now here we need to understand things and don't let people fool you. The way you have posed your question, what your that family is saying, your husband's family is saying the whole thing is haram. They only interesting interested in one thing. The whole family basically. They want to get the bulk of the share and they say, No, it's permissible. He left one eighth for you, twelve and a half percent. But he only left twelve and a half percent from the cash. What about all the other assets he had? on his name at the time of his death. What about his cars? What about his property? What about his factory? What about his shop? What about his house? You are a shareholder. You are an A in everything, sister. Don't let them fool you because you are a new Muslim. And you must write this down, my sister. Surah 4, chapter 4, Surah Nisa, the chapter regarding women, verses 13 and 14. If the person who passed on did everything correctly according to Islam and according to the divine law, the Sharia, then all Allah states, وَذَٰلِكَ الْفَوْزُ azim That is the supreme success. And if he did things wrong, incorrectly, as it seems in this case here, the way the question is posed, Surah 4, chapter 4, verse 14, 
وَمَنْ يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَيَتَعَدَّ حُدُودَهُ Whosoever disobeys all Majallah Jalla Wala and Mustafa Habibuna Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam وَيَتَعَدَّ حُدُودَهُ and they went beyond the limits. So now they are getting the bulk of the share and they are shortchanging you. They are decreasing your share and usurping your rights as a wife. So remember, you fiha. He the testator, he your husband who passed on. Allah dispatches him. Allah forbid to Jahannam and the hellfire. Khalidan fiha for a very very long period. Khalidan fiha. Walahu adabum muhin. And for him is such a humiliating, disgraceful punishment. Chapter 4, Surah 4, Surah Nisa, the women, and verse number 14. Now regarding the issue of trust. Yes, you can establish a trust and so forth. But remember that once that person dies, then the trust also dies. And you can't have perpetual trust in Islam. Once that person dies, then everything must be divided, distributed according to the Sharia. You can't say that after your death also the sons and daughters will inherit equally. That's haram against the Qur'an. You can't say that the wife will only inherit in the cash and she won't inherit in other things. All that absolutely haram. So you, the family who are trying to exploit the situation because the sister is a new Muslim, is a revert. So you all want to take the bulk of the share and make her a fool and exploit her, her ignorance or her, you know, being a new Muslim. Absolutely haram. I don't know her. I don't know you. But I'll tell you, all of you, ittaqillah, fear all, Allah. Nobody gets away. In Maman, we have a beautiful saying. My beloved mother, when I was growing up, she used to teach me a lot of sayings like this. So, namiyo Allah ki gamiyo. The person who is humble, Allah will elevate him more and more. Dago koyo sagone. That when you are deceiving people and you are cooking people, like in this case here, yeah, then you are not a friend of that person, you are the enemy of that person, and you will pay for it in this world and in the year after. I saw too many cases where people usurp the rights of other people, other heirs. Like in this case, you are usurping the rights of this lady, your wife, your father's wife, and your stepmother, call her like that, and now you want to crook it and take her share and usurp it. I'm telling you now, you will pay for it in this world and in the year after. So what must you do in this situation, my sister? All of you must have a meeting, whether you're in one place or different countries or cities or whatever. It's very easy nowadays. You just have a conference call and then you appoint somebody who's got common sense. Nowadays, majority of people don't have common sense. Common sense is no more common, you know. So somebody who got real common sense and not a vested interest in this, he must be made the Amir and the deciding factor and the arbitrator and the adjudicator and so forth. And then he listens to everything and he says that these are how the shares must work and so forth and so on. And if they want to group you and so forth, tell them this is Quran and you will pay for it and I'll expose all of you on social media and you can take my name also. You must remember if what you are speaking is the truth in Islam, perpetual trust are all haram. Once the person dies, the trust dies also. Everybody must be given their proportionate share. Then you want to start a new trust. That is your prerogative. Allahu Akbar, Ustad. Ustad, I see there's another sister. Uh, she says here, yeah, Mufti AK, I'm also a revert sister, a white sister. I'm from Escort Mufti Saab. I'm going through the same thing, Mufti Saab. Now my husband's family says, I'm a revert. I'm a stock last because nothing belongs to me. And they say it's a hadith, a revert white sister. Ustad. Remember, there's no hadith like that. They speak all lies like this and all these things here. You, my sister, whether you are a white or whether you're pink or green or white, <laughs> brown or black or yellow, it doesn't matter. In Islam, we don't judge people by their ethnicity or by their race or so forth. Every person who's a Muslim, Muslimah, we are surrendering ourselves, submitting ourselves lovingly, willingly, sincerely to Almighty Allah Jalla Wala and to Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Therefore, in this text and very context, Almighty Allah Jalla Wala has mentioned, go and read the Quran and you will see my sister Surah 4, Chapter 4, Surah Nisa, verse number 11. 
Almighty Allah mentions the shades of the A's. And then in that Allah says, Faridatam min Allah. The shades of the A's have been prescribed, ordained by Almighty Allah. So it doesn't matter whether you Shafi, Maliki, Hanafi, Hanbali, whether you are a new Muslim, revert Muslim, or born Muslim. So they're trying to cook your share, steal your share, and usurp it, and to say you must be glass, that is their arrogance. That is the Indian jat, the Indian mentality. They brought from India. You know, they come from the Gam, from the village, from Mirzapur, Saharanpur, Palanpur, Kolvatpur, Dabelpur, and all those nonsensical ideas they bring of theirs words in the Lal Kitab, you must remember. Maybe you don't understand what is Lal Kitab. 160 years ago, 150 years ago, when our people came, then they brought one red kitab. They say we are special people because we are born Muslims. That these people who embrace Islam, they second class, third class Muslims. That is a mentality that is totally rejected. So you must tell them that this is what must happen. Your husband passed away. So first, burial, funeral expenses from the estate. Anybody wants to pay is fine. All his debts must be paid. He made wasiya for non-heirs. He wants to bequeath and is written there in the world. Or he mentioned it to somebody and his witnesses. And that must be fulfilled. And to the person, organization, maximum one-third of the net estate. And you, after that, you're entitled to 12.5%, one-eighth of everything of his estate. And to say that you don't get anything, they go straight to Jahannam and the hellfire. That is what Quran is saying. Chapter 4, verse number 14, and you must show it to them. And for real, if they treat you like that, go on social media, shame them, and name them. And take my name also. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ustad, I see you've got Sister Abby. She's also listening, and she says, Ustad, my heart goes out to our to our revered sisters. Sister Abby says, Ustad, uh, what does Islam say or teach us how to treat uh, a revered sister? Ustad, Sister Abby. My sister, Abby, the biggest problem is what Almighty Allah has mentioned in chapter 100. You go to chapter 100, my sister, Abby. It's very short. Every Muslim is supposed to know the surah. Chapter 100, it comprises 11 verses. Almighty Allah is drawing a comparison, juxtaposing two creations. One, the horses. How loyal they are to their owner, to their master, to their manager. And me and you, majority of human beings, how loyal we are to our Creator. Nay, how disloyal we are, how ungrateful we are. One side we say we are the best and the most noble and the masterpiece of Allah's creation. Let's read and see. Almighty Allah teaches us in the first five verses, chapter 100, verses 1 to 5, وَالْعَادِيَاتِ دُبْحَا and then it goes on and on, and then Allah Ta'ala says, So all Allah is speaking about the horse, horses, that they prepare to attack in the early part of the morning. How dare you come to cause my manager, my owner, my master any harm, and they will not retreat, they will advance, they will make the supreme sacrifice. Why? Because that owner, master, is their munim. He is their benefactor. He gives them shelter, he gives them a stable, gives them fodder, gives them water, gives them all these things there. So they're so loyal. Allah is juxtaposing, drawing a comparison of me and you to the horse. Chapter 100, verses 6, 7, and 8. I love to translate this in Urdu. Verily, surely, this human being, he is supposed to be the masterpiece of Allah's creation, but very ungrateful, very, very unthankful to his sister, sustainer, nourisher, Almighty Allah. And does he bear testimony? Yes. The more money, the more assets, the more euros, the more dollars, the more pounds, the more rains and rupees, then he breaks the laws of Allah more and more because he can buy off the police, buy off the judge, buy off the minister, buy off the maulana, buy off the muftisa, buy off the imam, majority cases, you see. 
So what is the cause of human being? One side is the masterpiece of Allah's creation, but on the other side is one of the most ungrateful to all Allah. Allah Ta'ala highlights the reason and the cause. Wa inna, my sister Abby, you get in the picture? Wa inna khairi la shadid. Verily, this human being is madly, intensely in love with wealth. He just wants more and more and more. So they prepare to usurp the rights of the A's. They prepare to sacrifice and usurp the right of the new Muslims and tell them, you second class, you got no rights and so forth. Instead of winning them nearer to Islam, my father passed away in 82. I told my brothers and sisters, come, this is what we do. I'm taking daily my father's raincoat and his watch, everything else. We sort it out this way. You take this, you take this. Everybody happy till today they're giving me dua. So why you don't do this type of things? Eh? Because that hears, that madness in our heart we have. I want more and more and more. Annasu malu ila man indahu malu. Wa indahu malu. malu. Mal in Arabic is a noun, and mal in Arabic is a verb also. So the Shahid, the poet says, that people depend down to the rich. You see the Mawlanas and the Sheikhs and the Imams, they're also going begging by the rich people. That's how the ulama disgrace themselves by the rich and get compromised. They can't speak the truth then. And now the person don't have work, he went bankrupt, he lost money. So Then they say bye-bye, lay-bye, goodbye. You see, <laughs> that is the world today. Zahab means gold, and Zahab means to go. So people go to the people who have gold. You see, he got gold mine, he got Kruger coins, he got this, he got that. So they go. And when the gold is finished, Pelile, all stolen, all hijacked. So then what happens? They say bye-bye, goodbye, lay-bye, Pelile, finish. So that is human being. The love for wealth is so intense that he even forgets his creator. I'm here in Umslanga. What a magnificent, beautiful scene. People come from all over the world to see Durban and its glory and Cape Town, the two oceans there in Cape Town. Human being gets desolate. Human being gets mesmerized with the creation. But we should be crying and begging Allah. If makhluk is so beautiful, then how wonderful and beyond description will be the khaliq. Allahumma inna nas'aluka lazzatan nazari ila wajhikal kareem. Ya Allah, on this Mubarak day of Rabi'ul Awal, we want and we beg and petition you. We want to see thy countenance. We want to see you, Ya Allah, Jalla wala. We saw makhluk. We saw what beautiful, how beautiful it is. So when human being has his priorities right, then you won't steal and usurp other people's shares. You would rather give your share to them, lovingly, willingly, to bring them closer and nearer to Islam. Allahu Akbar, subhanAllah. You're touching our hearts this morning, Ustad. I see Ma from Umslanga. Uh, she says, Muftisab in Upper Fatima, lunch is ready. Please accept our invite. We made nice and fresh curry kichiri. Or can we bring the food where Muftisab is? What is Muftisab's address? Ma, from Umslanga, Ustad. But Ma, in Umslanga, we fasting today. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ma, I'm just joking. I'm no fasting. Rosa, ni bale. Curry kichri, eh? And on one side, the curry, and then the kichri, and on the other side, the pampoon. You must remember, and that is the pumpkin, the dubba. Kana Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yuhibbut dubba. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to love the tubba, the pumpkin, and then Ma on the other side, the papers. You know the story of the papers, Ma, Ma, Ma? Uh-huh. So the story is like this. One Maulana was invited by a house. Uh-huh. So the host was so excited that Maulana came and everything. But Maulana from the corner of the eye could see the paper. They forgot to put the paper there on the table, you see. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So then in the story, he told them, you know, one day the, my friend, he went for fishing. And he told me what a big fish he caught. 
from here right till the papur there, so big fish he caught. So when he said such a, so they remembered, hey, they forgot the papur, so bring the papur here. So Jazakallah, khair and mashallah, I spoke to my honorable Ustad, Hafiz Ibrahim Limalia, before the program. And mashallah, tomorrow we will visit Avisab, our beloved Ustad. So everybody makes program for us, our Hafiz, Muhammad Basa, everything is organized for us, Ma. So Allah Ta'ala reward you, Allah increase the Muhammad, Allah Ta'ala keep our Iman intact and take us with Iman and Islam. I see, Ma wants the address, Ustad. Address is secret, otherwise the whole turban will come here. <laughs> so they say they don't want to fish by the Indian Ocean, they want to catch two Indians. <laughs> Subhanallah. Somebody says, do grandchildren inherit from their grandparents? Anonymous, we'll start. No, they will not inherit once they are children there, especially if a son is there. Always remember this basic principle. So you must remember that, that my one brother here, Memon brother, and he passed away and is to come. And tonight I will think of him. They always used to attend my program, you know, in Avondale and they in the Sufi Masjid, Lennon Road, where Hafiz Uwais is and so forth, you know. Our brother Iqbal Musa, first his brother passed away, Dr. Ismat Musa, then he passed away. And both of them were not married, but they were old, you know. And I went to their house also to visit their mother, who was very, very ill and so forth. Allah grant all of them, Jannatul Firdausil A'ala. So now his inheritance story also came to me and I explained to them all this. Mm -hmm. So we must have everything up to date, our will and so forth. So Allah Ta'ala grant him Iqbal Musa and all our marhumin, Jannatul Firdausil A'ala. So remember, these are laws I'm giving you, you must remember, across the board, 100%. There's a mayid, right? That person, male or female, passed away. He or she is survived by the, their father. So remember, the biological father is alive. So the siblings, the brothers, sisters of the mayid of the deceased are all deprived. They don't inherit anything. Who deprives them? That father deprives them, biological father. Not adopted father and stepfather and foster father. Then if you have a son, so you must remember the son of the deceased. So the father passed away or mother passed away and the son is their biological son, not adopted son and stepson and foster son, biological son. He will deprive all the brothers and sisters and siblings. No one will inherit anything. Similarly, when you have a son or sons for that matter, then all the grandchildren will be deprived. They won't inherit anything. Okay. If you have a daughter, one daughter and no sons, so then she inherits one half, 50%. And if you must remember that they are, <coughs> what we say, two daughters or more, then they inherit two thirds. So, and if the daughters came and they are brothers, they, you must remember of the deceased, only brothers, they will inherit the remainder. If they are sisters, so they will inherit, you must remember, their remainder. And if they are brothers and sisters of the deceased and they are the daughter, daughters, then the residue remainder will go to them, ratio two to one. So there are special laws that how it works and so forth. And we have to learn all this by heart and memorize it and so forth. So there are some places where the grandchildren will inherit, but remember when there is a son and so forth, then remember one inherit at all. This is 100% across the board and across the spectrum. Ustad, mm -hmm. somebody says here quickly before we go for our interval, uh, Mufti Sahab, I don't understand the law. If you are summoned to a paternity test and you don't pitch up, then you become the legal father by law and is required to pay child maintenance. What does Islam say, Ustad? Islam says you must remember you, brother, leave the South African law and all that. you Muslim, I'm Muslim, your wife is Muslim, and now you have divorced your wife. That is what it seems. Your mother give half story, you know. Then you won the verdict in your favor because you gave half a story. So therefore, I have to explain the whole story. If I said anything wrong, then you must fill me in. So you and your wife were married five, ten years, married ten sour, you divorced her, and you said that this child is not your child. So after the divorce or before the divorce and so forth. So that is the question you must pose. And paternity test and maternity test and this test, Islam don't worry about all those things. Islam says this is the law. And this is the authentic hadith in Mishka Sharif, Mustada Ahmad and various compilations.
حبيب نا مصطفى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said الولد للفراش the child's lineage will go to the person who could take the lady to bed للفراش اي لصاحب الفراش so when you are married to your wife now you are accusing her now that she had an affair with abc xyz and you say that no that this child here is not my child but you didn't say it that time when the baby was born one day one hour old after one year two years three years then you say so that child belongs to you he or she their lineage will go to you he habibuna sallallahu alaihi wasallam said al walad lil firash wal al akhir al hajar and for people who commit adultery male or female then they will be pelted to death remember that and that is called rajab and with stones and that is what islamic law is all about so we don't have any fornication any adultery in a true proper islamic system and society so that is what it is now you want to ask me that your marriage then sour the matter went to court and they told you you must say that you must they want to take you for paternity test because you said that this child is not yours but islamic is yours mm. because only at the time when the marriage then sour then you started making all these claims or when you went to court then you made these claims and so forth so now they you didn't pitch up for the paternity test and they say you are the legal father so 100% is right so yeah in this instance the judge or magistrate or whoever according to islam also he or she passed the right verdict we're not speaking about now whether the he she is right or wrong we're speaking of this particular verdict here on this issue here so you will be the father and the lineage of the child will be with your name or your surname and you must pay maintenance and they must take you to the cleaners you got it now brother she must take you to the cleaners because you want to run away you don't want to pay the maintenance no you must pay the maintenance I see the brother is asking for maaf and he says Mufti but I didn't know Mufti Sahib. Ustad. There's no question. Your, your, your wind comes out through your back passage and you continue with Salat. And then you say that no, I didn't know. So what you have to do? You have to repeat your hudu and ablution and you have to repeat all the Salat that you read like that without hudu. So ignorance is never an excuse. You must remember, brother. You see what I don't like. You want to use me for your benefit, and you give half stories. But with Allah's help, Allah puts it our head. This guy is making, 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 making zigzag. You see, <laughs> he's playing little bit in the Indian Ocean and little bit in the Atlantic Ocean. But me, I'm in Durban, not in Cape Town, my brother. You got it now. Yeah. So don't make zigzag, brother. So you are the father of the child, and you must pay maintenance. And mm. she don't, you don't pay. She must contact me, and we'll contact the lawyers, and we'll take you to the cleaners. Allahu Akbar! I love it. I love it. Seventeen minutes to twelve. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Abba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. Well, it's uh, fifteen minutes to twelve on this beautiful, mashallah, uh, Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday morning on our program, The Bliss of Marriage. Ustad, are you with me? Ustad, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Ustad. Loud and clear, ready like an ever-ready battery. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Ustad, somebody says, is there any way in Islam that states that age plays a factor in getting married? Is 13 years a major factor? Anonymous, Ustad. So yeah, the brother is 43 years old and he wants to get married to a 30-year-old. Oh, he is 30 years old and she is 43 years old. We're just using his example because the gap is 13 years. So in Islam, it doesn't play any factor. One is what is permissible, fatwa. One is what is desirable. So Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu married Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha. He, Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was 25 years old. Sayyida Khadija radiallahu anha was 40 years old. And the marriage subsisted for 25 years. Mm. Hence, when Sayyida Khadija radiallahu anha, her title, her laqab was Tahira. She passed away at the age of 65. And six children, Mubarak children, four beloved daughters, Sayyida Zainab, Sayyida Ruqiyya, Sayyida Umm Kulthum, and the younger Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anhunna ajma'een were born in this marriage and then two sons both passed away in infancy one is Qasim the first son and then Abdullah who was known as Tayyib and Tahir so Islamic is totally permissible there is no problem so that is permissible the fatwa 
What is desirable? Desirable is Quran says, Uruban Ataraba. Ataraba, you are playing in the sand at the same time. I was playing in Heidelberg and she was playing there in Durban. So you must remember. So now when you get married, so if you have similar age, that you are the same age or one year this way, one year that way, and so forth and so on. So that is what is desirable because your outlook in life will be very similar. You are mentally almost the same and so forth and so on. And marriage is for keeps. You don't get married for one week, one month and one year and just finish it up. Nay, it is for the for Abada, for always. We stay with our wives, we stay women stay with the husbands in this world and they enter Jannatul Firdaus Il A'la together also. So that is the desirable perspective and aspect. So you, my brother, that the lady, you want to marry her, she is 13 years elder than you, or you are 13 years elder than her. So if you are happy and she is happy, her parents are happy, then make bismillah. You don't have to worry about society and people. Mustafa Rahmatulil Alameen, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Chapter 21, Verse number 107. What all Allah says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ We have not sent you, Ya Rasulullah, but as the only and exclusive mercy to the entire creation and universe, not only to humankind, but to the entire universe and creation. So you must remember, Nabi Sallallahu married Sayyidah Khadija, much older, married Sayyidah Aisha, radiallahu ta'ala, anha, the only virgin, but remember, she was much younger compared to the master, married the widows, married the divorces, all this to give that impetus and be a lesson for the ummah. Anyone you want to marry, provided their aqidah, belief structure is right, they have the character, taqwa, piety, so then it will be permissible in the master, you will find the perfect role model in Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I see Haji Suleiman Esop says he's only 36, Ustad. Yeah, he's also waiting, Bichara. We're trying to fixing up, but you must remember the woman always are saying the istikhara came out negative. <laughs> but inshallah, Suleiman Esop's istikhara always comes out positive. So inshallah, we make dua for him. I've got somebody from Springs, Ustad. Uh, my son is 15 years old and wants to get married. Should I allow him? Anonymous, anonymous mommy, Ustad. So you must ask him now he's going to get married at the age of 15. So how is he going to support his wife? How is he going to support? You must remember the children all led after one year and so forth and so on. So and legally, according to South African law, although that doesn't play any importance in our life, but you must remember if somebody reports him that you're 15 years old and you got married, they can then lock you up. You know today how crazy the laws are and so forth. So should you as a father get your son married at the age of 15? No. You must remember that. So he must go and he must start working and all that instead of sitting on his laurels and playing with his hardy day and playing with the phone and playing with the movies and different channels and all these things there. Become much more responsible. You're still wet behind your ears and mm. so forth. And you will be a parasite, my son, because you don't have that money and you will have to ask your parents for everything. So like when I got married, I didn't have even 40 rand. So now my father gave me the mahar money, 41 rand. So now that was my father wanted, I must study also, and they were very happy. But that is not in your case. So you have to sit on your laurels and in your hearty, and remember your father will pay for you. So that's not, you must stay, mm. stand on your own feet, and become a true man, my brother. So no, you don't marry him now. They're just looking for easy way out, and remain a parasite in life. Listen to this one, Ustad. Uh, Mufti Sab, how many, how many ma you got, Mufti Sab? I am the big ma, all the, all the other ma's, the big ma from Chatsworth, Ustad. So 100% our ma in Chatsworth is the biggest ma. You must remember that every time she sends me a message, she says, Beta, does that. Yesterday she sent me a message. She say, you, you must stop speaking now. See, your voice is going. And see, you coughing. You must take off now. So I say, but ma, I have to speak because the listeners, they want to hear and so forth. If ma make dua, then everything will be good. So 100% she is our big ma. And all the other ma's are the small ma, inshallah. Mullah, just speak a little bit louder 
And Mosuleiman just put the volume up a little bit there so I can hear clearly. I have to really strain myself to listen to what Molana is saying. Uh, can you hear me now, Ustad? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Gee, okay. Ustad, somebody says here, can we celebrate big night tonight and Miladun Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? And the other listener says, out of respect, can we as a family get together for his birthday? Ustad. Remember in Islam, what was me do? In Islam, you must remember, we must love Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam every day, every night of our life. We must love and follow Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam every day and every night. We have to show that respect for the Master every day, every night. You have a lecture and so forth, like I'm going to have a lecture there in Avondale today, you must remember, and inshallah, Isha Salat is 7.30, and we will discuss what happened before Miladun Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what happened during the occasion of Miladun Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what happened after that, so all that is fine. But now you say you want to celebrate. Celebrate is the Kufar system. They celebrate birthdays. In Islam, we don't celebrate birthdays. So you must remember that we celebrate the Master, he was, he is, he will always be the most beloved, the most precious to all, Allah, for all times and all places and so forth. So therefore, this business of saying, no, I want to celebrate the birthday, no. We celebrate that we are the ummatis of Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wasallam who was, who is, who will always be the most beloved, the most precious to all, may Allah, Jalla wala. And remember, you read Salat and Salam and so forth. And you must remember, you follow Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to the best of your ability. It's not confined to Rabiul Awal or Taf Rabiul Awal. Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was, is, will always be Uswa Hasana, the best role model for all times, all places, all circumstances. <coughs> Somebody wants to know, Ustad, that uh, how long should I wait after my wife passes away before I can remarry? Ustad. Abdullah the Mas'ud, radiallahu ta'ala, and two, three weeks ago, we were there in Lanesia, and one Baji, 70 years old, he got married. So I had to give the lecture. Hazrat Mufti Rizal Haksa performed the nikah, and Hazrat Mohana Shabir Saluji made the dua. So, in the lecture I mentioned, and he was there, and I even mentioned the story of our Mawlana Hazrat Qasim Sema, rahimahullah. I said, Mawlana Sema, when he got married, so now he went to Cape Town. Nobody even knew. So I asked his sons, they say, we don't know. I asked the students, we don't know. So I'm sitting in the office, and now calls are coming from Mawlana. I say, nobody knows. So about one week or so, he went to Cape Town. He went single and came back double. Maulana <laughs> was 77, 78 years old at that time. And then, mashallah, the lady he brought was 27 years old. You see, 50 <laughs> years old gap. So the Cape Town students, they said, Maulana is old, madly coated. You see, Maulana is old, but he's not cold. Lo and behold, after that one, two years, then Maulana's wife, she gave birth. Baby girl, Kutsiya, like Hazrat Allama Muhammad Yusuf bin Nuri, Nawar Allah Qadahu. We were studying there. Maulana's honorable wife passed away. Then Maulana got married to a young lady. And lo and behold, after one, two years, she gave birth to Hazrat Maulana's son, Suleiman. He's in charge of the madrasa, now principal, and so forth. So remember that we have many examples like that. So is it permissible? 100% permissible. Is there any waiting period? No, there's no waiting period. And then when Maulana Qasim Sema, Rahimamullah's wife, gave birth, some Cape Town students, they went to Maulana because they knew Maulana was very, very, you know, shafiq and very kind and compassionate to them. They said, Maulana, we're waiting for the Atika also now, Maulana, <laughs> you see. So that was the love and respect also they had for Maulana. Nevertheless, so you must remember Abdullah the Mas'ud, radiallahu ta'ala anhu warda, the mufti of this ummah. He used to say, hypothetically, that my wife passes away, me, I will get married even today. Today in South Africa, Southern Africa, 11th review over. Most parts of the world today is already 12 Rabiul Awal, Makkah, Mukarramah, Medina, Munawara, Aqsa, Mubarak, Europe, America, and so forth. So, on the 22nd of Rabiul Awal, 21st Rabiul Awal, depending how you want to count it, so I know I will die. It's a hypothetical statement. For argument's sake, 
I, Abdullah the Mas'ud, radiallahu an, will still get married. This is the golden era of Islam, with the fear of falling into any fitna and so forth. If you want a reference of this, go open Fiqhu Sunnah by Sheikh Sayyid Sabiq, rahimahullah, and you will find the fatwa of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. So there's no that period for you, my brother. Your wife passed away. <coughs> inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. You see? And then you carry on. She's history, you carry on with the geography and biology. Subhanallah. Our Hazrat Mufti Zawal Haq Sahib, Mawana Shabir Saluji Sahib, now our Qari Hafiz Nurbai, Yusuf Nurbai, mm. so his wife passed away. So they said after three, four days or one week or whatever, let us go for Ta'ziyat, you see, one week or one, two weeks, whatever it was. So when they went there and they said, no, you know, we heard your wife passed away and we came here, for, you know, to offer our condolences, it's, you see, many Pirish Adikali, I got married already, you see. Subhanallah. Subhanallah, you married. You say, okay, we change our niyat now. No more, we came here with the intention of condolences. We came here with the intention to make Mubarak body. <laughs> that we change our niyat now to congratulate you that Hafiz Kari Nusuf Nurbe, one of the greatest readings South Africa produced. So remember, you got married. So we say, Barakallahu lak, wa barakallahu alayk, wa jama'a baynakuma fil khair. So it's like that. So the men are encouraged to get married after the wife passes away, irrespective even if they are old and they are cold. And they are. You must remember tired and retired, but still get married. Mm. Which is just one more question quickly before we go for our 12 o'clock news. Somebody says here, Dear Honorable Mufti Saab, can somebody change their mind at the time of nikah? I witnessed this last Sunday when the boy said no. Can he do this, Ustad? Yes, you must remember that he feels that he's not ready or he feels that his parents, they compelled him and coerced him and so forth. And he said, I don't want to get married to this lady and so forth. So he's got all the rights to do that. That's a different thing from an ethical point of view. An akhlaq point of view, it is not good to do this because all the preparations, all the expenses. But remember, if you're asking permissible, yes, permissible, because the parents, they coerced him and compelled him to get married to this girl because she belongs to the same jat. They both are culverts, they both are surti, they mm. both are maimon, they both are kokni, and what have you, and have you. So therefore, he said, no, me, I don't want to be part of it. So it can happen like that, you must remember this. So it can happen like that. Yes, even I witnessed something like that. So you must remember that. But then, and at that time, they, they convinced that guy now get married, so he got married, you see. So it just depends what the circumstances are. But yes, it is permissible. So inshallah, tonight we will be in Avondale Musalla. 7.30 is Salat there. And we have Moana Randeri and the Mother Imam. And inshallah, the lectures and programs will start. Kirat and Naat Sharif and all that. Inshallah, at around 10 to 8, 5 to 8, Inshallah, will be the proceedings. Barakallah, Brother Suleiman Mota, send me the podcast, then we'll send it out, Inshallah, this afternoon. Jazakallah khairan to you, Maulana. Barakallah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Next up is the news, and then Mufti Aku, Inshallah, then the tafsir. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba Online Radio, empowering the Ummah. <laughs>